everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and it is the final 12 questions version of the podcast for the 2017 season. Can you believe how fast the season has gone by? I really can't. And there's been so many 12 questions interviews this year, but we always end with the same person every year on the 12 questions, and that is Landon Castle, who is currently of Front Row Motorsports, but after this week at Homestead Miami Speedway, will be looking for a new job. Well, I guess he's already looking right now, but um, he's got the hashtag HireLandon campaign going, and he's looking for a new ride. So we'll hopefully uh, hear some news about that in the future so we can keep doing the 12 questions with Landon. I got to start out, though, with an apology because as I went back to listen to the audio for this podcast, I realized that it totally was a fail on the microphone and it did not record the podcast. Instead, it recorded it through my phone. So I have a microphone that I plug into my phone and sometimes um, it's had a little trouble toward the end of the season here. I've been trying to make it to the end of the season and apparently it did not last for the final 12 questions. So the audio is pretty bad Honestly, it's pretty terrible, so I feel bad about that. You'll hear a lot of cars in the first half of this, and you can sort of barely hear Landon at times, and then the cars stop um, doing practice, so you kind of hear better toward the end, but the audio quality is still not great. So I definitely apologize about that, and I will have some new audio recording equipment next year. I'll I'll work on that in the offseason and figure something out. But for now, here is the final 12 questions of 2017 with Landon Castle. All right, everybody, for the sixth year in a row, I believe, I am here doing the final 12 questions of the season with Landon Castle. Landon, how are you? I'm wonderful, and thank you for upholding this tradition. It is a very important tradition, and also you um, help with the 12 questions before the season. You have been willing to be the test dummy for them, and so I run them by you, and you've said for a couple, like, ah, you know, that's not something that a driver would really answer that well, and you've had some couple, a couple suggestions. Um, most importantly, the best question of this season um, you came up with, you know what I'm talking about? Um, first of all, it is an honor to be an executive producer on your uh, <laughs> 12 questions uh, piece, but uh, I, I think it's the... Is it the middle finger one? It is. Yeah. You I came up remember that. that. Yeah. Was that a media day in Daytona we talked about that? I think we actually talked on the phone because I was, I was trying to get it ready for okay. that coming up. And yes, so thank you for contributing that question. So let's see how you answer the 12 questions which you had a part in creating. So, number one, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, I, I think most of it is... I'm probably heavily, more heavily towards working at it than natural ability. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are just like good at everything, and I don't think I'm one of those people. I think I'm, I think I'm good at a lot of things, but um, I definitely am a person that learns through mistakes and learns through, um, you know, fixing my mistakes. Um, so I feel like I kind of have to work, work at it. So at the start of this year, this was just three drivers. Now it's expanded. But Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, Dale Jr., Matt Kenseth have all either retired or are about to retire um, in the last few years here. What's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? 
Um, I feel like I make that pitch almost every day through my social media activity and the way that I um, communicate with fans. I mean, you just have to meet me at the racetrack and really kind of see and understand um, how I kind of conduct myself, my, the way my sense of humor works. Um, if you're looking for a driver on the, in terms of the entertainment side of things, someone that you want like to uh, follow off the track. Um, and, I, and I think my on-track story is is kind of cool and compelling as well. I mean, I think I've been through a lot in the Cup Series um, and had unique opportunities, but haven't had that like breakthrough opportunity yet. So, um, you know, I think it's 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 kind of uh, as Mark Martin put it um, a while back, you know, kind of coming up the old school way, and, and I feel like that's what I'm. You know the, the way I'm doing it, so yeah, it's kind of a cool story to follow on track. What is the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Um, I mean, I think balancing that the, the work between you know how do I make myself a better race car driver, but how do I you know how do I market myself and how do I brand myself and. and spend time on social media and things like that you know it's uh, kind of going back to question number one a little bit you know I um, I work pretty hard on my feedback and my post-race reports and what I you know trying to reflect on what I did in the races and, and how I can use that for the next for the next race and that, that sometimes is like busy work and just office work and it's, it's work that you have to get done at a desk and Writing. I have an iPad Pro and a pencil, and I hand write a lot of my notes, uh, whether it's on the plane or on Mondays or um, or whatever. And it's time sensitive too because I tend to forget what my car did as the week goes on. So I don't I, I don't write as well on Wednesday, or Thursday after a Sunday race as I do like on Sunday night or Monday morning. So um, you know, balancing that kind of stuff and getting that work done um, versus trying to be sponsor friendly or fan friendly, you know, and, and, and keeping like a solid brand and a good personality, because um, that stuff takes time too. Um, yeah, that, that balance is definitely a tough part of the job. So let's say you are out eating dinner with your ever-expanding family, and you're at a nice restaurant, and a fan wants to get your autograph, should they approach you or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Just form a line. <laughs> Uh, we'll stop eating our dinner and I'll sign autographs and take pictures until everybody's through. I do that on Wednesday nights at the Birdhouse and Vegas. Yeah, you have a big line? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never even been to the Birdhouse and Davidson. I just thought it was the first restaurant I thought of. Um, yeah, no, I don't care. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. Uh, I feel like uh, I, I really appreciate people that know who I am or know something about me like you know if you feel like there's one thing you know about me and you see me out in the wild you know and you feel like Landon I want to remind you of this funny thing you did or something I saw you do on the racetrack or whatever like, I want to hear it I mean I think that's cool that's the kind of race fan I am you know when I see somebody and uh, that I look up to or admire and, you know, that's, that's, that's how I open a conversation so it doesn't bother me to meet fans in the wild, in public. 
What is a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? up so you don't actually 
click on the conversation to read it. You just saw it, you saw it come up, and you're just like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And I have my red receipts on, so like people know if I read it or not. Okay. But so you gotta be careful with that because you don't want people to be like, he didn't write me back. So it's easier if you just like, well, I didn't read it yet. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah. It's a way to maybe uh, control the situation. Gotcha. Um, do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Now, earlier this year, um, when we were talking about this, you predicted um, that most would say no, and actually, not. I mean, I'm not. I just happen to remember this yeah. for for, um, for whatever reason, but um, it turns out that actually most everybody, which I agree with, have said yes, they do. So, what's your answer? Um, are we entertainers? I mean, I I feel like we're entertaining. For sure, like we can be entertaining. Um, I mean, I think we're athletes, and I think NASCAR is an entertainment sport. But I don't know if we're entertainers. I feel like professional wrestlers are entertainers, mm-hmm. and I don't want to compare NASCAR to professional wrestling. I mean, I think that's a slippery slope, and I don't want to get trouble for anything like that and, and, and that's not what I'm implying anyways but I, I think you know maybe you can be both for sure you know I, I there's some drivers out there that are not that entertaining so would, would you call them entertainers or are they more like heavy on the athlete and not as heavy on the entertaining I don't know I don't know for the next person, or no, no, I guess we'll never know. We'll, no, we'll never truly, know, we'll never truly know the answer because I'm the last person to do that question. <laughs> All right. So the question you came up yourself with the search continues. Is uh, <laughs> what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? You wanted to know that from everybody else. So what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack, Brandon Castle? It's such a good question. <laughs> it really is. Is it one of your all-time best questions for 12 Has questions? to be. I mean, not to, you know, heap all this praise on you, but it's that's been my favorite question. Go ahead. Year. Go ahead. Heap all the praise. Um, so, I, I feel like, um, first of all, I'm guilty of it both ways. I mean, I've flown my share of birds in the, my career, and I've received them in my career, but my general, like, when you, when you take the emotion down and you think about it, I feel like it's a sign of weakness on both sides. I feel like it's not, it's a sign of weakness. If you're flying the bird, it shows that you're frustrated with the person behind you, that you're letting them, whatever they're doing to you, get in your head. Like, cause I think back on the times that I've done that and like, I regret it every time because it just showed that I was more concerned about being mad at that person and, you know, flipping them off than I am focusing on my race. And so usually if nothing happens, then that's great. Or if something happens of it and you end up in a pissing match with that guy, then then you just screwed up your race because you were worried about a middle finger. So I feel like it's a sign of weakness if you're flying a bird. I feel like it's a sign of weakness if you react to somebody that's flying a bird. You know, I think these drivers that... I think that's why it's a good question. It's like, what's your policy? And some people's policy is like, well, I'm going to wreck anybody that flies me the bird. Well, that's stupid because now you just let them potentially ruin your day. I mean, you might wreck them and ruin their day, but what if you damage your car? What if you ruin your own day? All because they flipped you off? 
you know and so I, I think it's I think it's a sign of weakness if you fly the bird and I think it's a sign of weakness if you have a reaction to someone flying the bird I genuinely when I get the bird I like it makes me laugh because it makes me know that that person in front of me I've, I'm in their head now and makes usually makes me want to keep doing whatever I was just doing to them to make to uh, get them out of my way very interesting waited all year to hear that from you yes so uh, Landon some drivers keep a payback list in their minds for negative reasons but do you also have a payback list for positive reasons if somebody lets you in or cuts you a break on the track oh positive reasons oh okay oh because yeah for negative reasons it's like pay them back and I'm going to wreck this game but now it's like I owe them one no not really you don't most people have said yes surprisingly this year. Uh, I don't know I mean I guess I, I think I I mean I I, I generally, generally race people pretty fair but like my number one rule of thumb is I do what gets me the best possible finish so um, that probably trumps that's that's why my knee-jerk reaction to that question is no mm -hmm. because you know I just I prioritize myself more. and I guess I'm not implying that those other people that say yes would prioritize somebody else over their own finish but I definitely prioritize my finish over everybody else that's so, fair yeah who's the most famous person you've had dinner with had dinner with Oh, I had dinner with Sir Jackie Stewart. I, well, it was so I had a really cool dinner in, in England uh, at, the, at the Goodwood Festival of Speed with like uh, some some pretty cool guys, Dan Gurney and Sir Jackie Stewart, Jackie X. Um, that we were all at a, like at the same table, so it was, there was like uh, maybe twelve of us, eight or, eight or 12, ten or twelve of us, I think. But uh, that was a that was a pretty cool dinner. Spent a lot of time with those guys at Goodwood. I, I, those are definitely the most famous people I've ever been around. Uh, at the time, I was driving a Chevy on the NASCAR side, and my suit had a Chevy emblem on it. And Jackie said, "Oh, you drive a you drive a Chevy, Sir Jackie Stewart. I don't want to miss me." <laughs> and he said, "Oh, you drive a Chevy," and I said, "Yeah, yeah." And he said, "Someday you'll be good enough to drive a Ford." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, what is something about yourself? Yeah, oh, what? Never mind. Never mind. What is something about yourself you'd like to improve? Um, I guess I'd like to get better at answering questions on the spot. He shouldn't be on the spot, Landon. You helped. <laughs> you have That's to right, executive, executive producer. I forgot about that. Um, man, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I have good communication skills, but I feel like I'm not always the best communicator. So sometimes I, you know, feel like I could be a better communicator. That's what I hear from all the people who haven't gotten replies to their text messages from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Landon, the last interview I did was with Austin Dillon, and his question for you is... If did you he know could, it was for me? Yes, he did know it was for you. Oh, cool. Yes, cool. So uh, his question for you is, if you could bring in any three sponsors into NASCAR who are not currently in, 
you, you, anybody you want. You don't have to negotiate with them or anything. Who, what sponsors would you bring in? Um, that's a that's a really cool question. Um, I would bring in some sort of technologies company like Apple or Google or Microsoft, and I would I would make the hopefully build the deal around accessing their smart people and, and using that to our advantage on the racetrack, whether it's like developing artificial intelligence for our simulation programs or something like that. I think that would be cool. So definitely like I'm one of the major technologies companies. Um, I would I would definitely like to have Whole Foods as a sponsor because a discount card at Whole Foods would be pretty, <laughs> pretty useful for me and my family. Yeah. And beer sponsors always seem to work out pretty well too. I think it's nice having a beer sponsor. Okay. So now uh, the question that you will ask is going to go to an unknown person uh, at the Daytona 500, I guess going into the Daytona 500 next year, provided I'm still employed by mm. all my patrons. I believe what happened last year was you asked the middle finger question, and I was going to use that for the person. Then I asked your permission to use it permanently, so you had to give me a new one. So right. don't make it too good, Landon, or else it's going to end up yeah. permanently, and you're going to have to come up with another one. But what is something that I could ask somebody going into the Daytona 500 next year? Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I kind of, going off of the answer to one of the questions earlier, I want to know, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question, because I'm, I'm deciding, I'm, I'm trying to think of how specific I want to get it, like, what is your driving stuff? It's kind of my question. But, but not, I want them to answer specifically, I want to be like, we're at Phoenix, so what's your driving style? a lot of break or like you know like what's the do you get to the gas earlier than most or you know what, what do you I, I'm curious what their what your driving style is so essentially from what you know of comparing yourself to other drivers like how much brake do you use how much you know how, how quick do you get to the gas how do you make it through the corner compared to people you've seen their telemetry and stuff like that essentially yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, it's it would be useful to know, like, okay, you drive the car loose or tight, but I don't know how people, I don't know how they'll answer that, but yeah, I'd like to know, you know, how much how much data do you look at, and what is that, what does that taught you about your driving style? How about that? Okay. Well, Landon, thank you for joining us, and I truly hope that we are doing this again next year at Phoenix, which meant you would have found something. So. Do I have to do I have to be a full time cup driver to be, to do the twelve questions? No, definitely not. But it would I mean, just be convenient. Would you do twelve questions with a used car salesman? Sure. Yeah. If, if you're a former. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. There you go. All right, everybody. So there you have it. And as I said, I hope that Landon is not a used car salesman come this time next year and is still competing in NASCAR because I think he adds a lot to the series, and I definitely appreciate his help with vetting the 12 questions as you heard. 
So the second apology of this podcast is that there is no social spotlight tomorrow. I had this grand plan, but I didn't get enough response back to make a social spotlight that would have made sense. So the last social spotlight will be the one that you recently heard with Regan Smith. And I will try to come up with a substitute podcast going into championship weekend to fulfill your podcast needs. And then, of course, after Homestead on Sunday night, there will be a post-race podcast. I've already invited my former co-worker from USA Today, Brant James, to join me, and we always seem to have a lot of fun doing those. So hopefully we will be able to bring that to you Sunday night after the race and talk about everything that happened in the finale. Now, if you're not a listener to the post-race podcast and you were just listening to the 12 questions and social spotlights this year, uh, I guess this is goodbye for now, perhaps. However, I do want to let you know about um, some podcasts that will be coming up in the off season. My plan is to try to do some creative, different kind of podcasts, uh, maybe with some Skype interviews with people if I can arrange that. Um, try to fill the off season with some different kind of content. So um, check back on your feed every once in a while and make sure to not totally tune out because hopefully. We can still talk about NASCAR even if there's no cars on the track. So until then, thanks everybody, as always, for listening all season long. And I'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.